0: Well, Crave, we made it to the final week of our series, Testify, and if you've been with us, you maybe know our theme verse. If you've not been with us, that's no problem. We're going to go over that right now, first thing out of the gate. First Peter 3.15, we'll put that up on the screen for you, says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life, and if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Over the course of this series, we've just been trying to communicate that it is our job As Christians to share our story. Your story is the story of Christ intersecting your life and how he's transformed you. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be the the most knowledgeable biblical scholar. How has Jesus changed your life? And so tonight, I'm not going to teach Uh, I'm just going to kick it off with a little bit of my story, and then I'm going to turn it over to a handful of folks uh, who are very involved here at Crave some staff, uh, one intern, some small group leaders. And they're just going to come and tell you who they were before they met Christ, how they intersected with him, and how he's transformed their lives. It it really is that simple. I'll tell you who I was before I met Christ I was very insecure, I was very isolated. and, And honestly, I was a very petty person. I was always looking to tear other people down to make myself feel better. And my senior year of high school is when I really began to encounter Christ. And for me, it took tragedy coming into my life. My dad died when I was a senior in high school. Many of you know that. And it was at that point that I realized I've got to start taking this eternity thing seriously. And so I started actually listening at church instead of just showing up to hang out and hey if you're just here to hang out we love you we're so glad you're here but I hope the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and one day you start really listening and digging and seeking because that's what happened to me and as I got off to college that fall North Greenville University right up the road from here is when God intersected my life changed me forever I surrendered to Christ as Lord of my life and I'm not gonna pretend I've been perfect since that I've made a ton of mistakes But I've been secure in the knowledge that God is my father. He will never abandon me. He will never leave me. And he's continuously showing me more and more of himself. That's my story. And see, the funny thing is there's nothing to argue about in that. Like I'm not trying to like dunk on you with some like apologetics, facts. No, here's who I was. I know who I was. And I know who I am now. And I just can't be talked out of that. Jesus has transformed and changed my life. For many of you, that's your story too. He's, he's changed you drastically. And tonight, when we're finished here on main stage, we're going to go into small groups, and you're going to have the chance to share your story, and that might make you terrified to think about talking in front of other people. But who were you before you met Jesus? How did you meet him, and how has he transformed your life? That's it. It doesn't have to be something super dramatic. Not every story has to be something from a made-for-TV movie. Just share your story. So first up tonight is somebody who often is just hanging out in the background. It is the one and only Mr. Eric Parker. Y'all give it up for Eric as he comes to share how Jesus has transformed his life. Y'all got to keep it going. He's still coming, man. You can't, you can't just clap him halfway to the stage. Take it away, Eric
1: thank you, sir. All right, so I have some notes so that my mind doesn't go blank, because it probably will, even with notes. Um, So I have a very probably basic uh, story. Um, Grew up in church. Um, Parents uh, super involved. Um, My uh, I guess my life is not super special. Like, if you want to call it that, like, I, uh, like, grew up in church. I knew right from wrong. My parents taught me, like, what I was supposed to do, what I wasn't supposed to do. Like, I wasn't, um, like, I wasn't headed on a path to, like, super destruction. Like, I'm not going to go rob banks or go kill people. Like, I wasn't going to do anything super crazy. Like, I, I knew right from wrong. Like, but that. I didn't have that relationship with Christ. Um, high school, you know, very similar to uh, to this church. We went on retreats and camps and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I volunteered. I actually ran sound for my high school. Like, that's kind of where I got into this. Um, so being able to kind of give back now and, and teach kids how to do it and stuff like that, like, it's, i love that um it's it's part of my story um but being involved and volunteering and stuff like that that didn't that didn't make me a christian um so uh camp one year um you know actually listening and paying attention, you know i believe you know what i mean i, I had that spark of like you know th- I don't have that relationship with christ and I need that um so that's um High school was kind of where the, the turning point and that's where I, I got saved. And um, it has, kind of like Kevin said, it's not always been easy. Um, fear has always kind of driven me. I, I don't like getting up in front of people. Um, so Kevin asked me if I want to do this. I was like, nope, not really. Um, but uh, we had a conversation, I don't know, probably a couple months ago of like, you know, I feel like God's trying to push me out of my comfort zone. and. um so that's why I'm up here now. Uh, you, know, you guys may not like being up front, of people. You may not like telling your story, but you can do it. Like it's 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 very possible. So that's where I'm at. So that's
0: a good word, Eric. Even if you're nervous, you can still tell your story. All right, our next person to the stage is mr david townsend david's been volunteering at Cray for a good long time y'all give him a round of applause you got to keep it going don't leave him hanging you got to keep clapping
2: that was me sprinting unfortunately uh hey guys yeah i um my name is david townsend uh, and i loved what kevin said about your story doesn't have to be a made-for-TV movie. Uh, recently, I got together with some old friends from high or from college, excuse me. Uh, there was ten of us, five couples, and one of the folks, uh, the guys, he now lives in Colorado. Never met his wife. They've been married almost twenty-five years. We were just trying to get to know each other uh, at dinner, and so I asked her, "How'd y'all meet?" You know that that whole thing, and uh, she was telling the story that right before they met, she was engaged and called off the wedding with another guy three weeks before the wedding. So that has my attention. I am just zeroed in on this, like, what? I want to know everything, but I'm not an idiot. I didn't ask what happened. So I went on, well, why were you, you know, what attracted you to Paul? If I gave you 100 answers, if I gave you 10 hours, you would not come up with why she broke up with her first fiancé her answer was she was attracted to Paul because he was not in a cult. And I sat there and I thought this is the greatest story I have ever heard in my life. And I of course had to ask follow-up questions and this first guy was in a cult. So of course I'm like, you know, did he always drink Kool-Aid? Like, how did you know this, you know? And and she's just going on to tell this story, and I am glued. I am listening to every word that she said. And then they came around to how me and my wife met, and I was like, well, I don't have a cult story or anything, but I did have a story, right? My wife and I, we didn't know each other, and then we met, And sometimes we think that a story has to be something that grabs your attention. Don't get me wrong, that cult story was a great story, and she went on and told us a lot about it. But the truth of the matter is that I thought that a story or a testimony had to be something that just was out of left field, right? And I love what Kevin has been teaching. I was blind, and now I see. And that's what we want you guys to be able to go to your friends and be able to, to go to the world with. Who I was, I grew up here in Greenville. I grew up in the church. I used to joke that I did have a drug problem because my parents drug me to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. Visitation Tuesday, prayer meeting Wednesday. What was the other one? Awana Thursday, potluck Friday. Guys, I grew up in the church. Southside Christian, that's where I went to high school. I never went to the building that you guys know it now. I actually went when it was on the south side of town, when it was on Augusta, that's where I grew up. I left south side, I went to Bob Jones. To say that I had the knowledge here would be an understatement. But when you grow up in that world, and some of you may be doing it right now, and it's awesome that you're growing up in the church, but what you have to be careful of, what I did anyway was that my knowledge was all here and there was no relationship here. And as I got out, man, I just had fun. That's all, all I wanted to do was have fun. If you know my personality, you know that all of a sudden when the boundaries are removed, I was not in a good place. You know, it wasn't that I was safe from prison, I wasn't safe from drugs, I wasn't safe from alcohol. But when I did get saved, I was safe from hell. I was saved from eternal death. And the thing about me in those years, early after college, was I just, it was all about me. I was at the center. I did whatever I wanted. I met my wife. It's unbelievable that she married me because I was so selfish. And if you're sitting here now and you can kind of relate to that, that you just want to do everything that you want to do, you will find You will not have the peace that other people in your life have. So what did God do for me? What did he save me from? Yeah, he saved me from death. But man, he gave me this peace. So now as I'm older, it's not only maturity with age, but it's also drawing closer to God that now I look back and I didn't have a relationship with God. Oh yeah, I knew it up here, but it wasn't, relationship. It wasn't love. And God is love. And so it wasn't really anything at all. And as I grew closer to him, I started noticing that I just wasn't worried. I wasn't stressed out about the things that my friends were in business, family, kids growing up, whatever the case may be. But when my kids were younger, man, I was angry. I yelled a lot. I used to joke with my wife that let's not ever tell our kids about this TV show when we were little called Old Yeller. It was a TV show about a dog because I'm pretty sure my kids would think that movie was about me because that's I was just I just I was angry. I just yelled and somehow I've now noticed looking back that that has all changed but if you ask my kids they'll remember those days and so even as a older guy who had the knowledge up here as the relationship transformed and he transformed me, um, it really is now all about what he has saved me from. And for me, it may be something that some of you are struggling with, like anger and peace and things like that.
0: a powerful word. I hope that as you listen to people tonight, you can see some of your story, even in their stories. Coming to the stage next is Miss Sarah Bolin. Y'all give it up for her as she comes to share her story.
3: Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm so happy there's a chair. I was real panicked about that. Um, well, Like you said, my name is Sarah Bolin. I am 28 years old. Um, I was saved when I was 23, Um, so I made it through most of my life without Jesus, and it was horrible, but um, I'm going to tell you about all the horrible things, Um, but first I wanted to read you a verse from Galatians, Um, not the good one about the fruit, the one before it. Um, It says, it's evident that works of the flesh are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and things like these. And I hit every mark. Um, I grew up in a non-Christian home. I went to a very public school. I more than often not was like what god or could not believe that a god could be good if there was so much bad. Not that my life was even bad. but um, So I grew up and turned 21, and everyone lets you do everything at 21. So I spent a lot of my weekends in bars, a lot of weekends in clubs, and a lot of weekends with trash bag guys that I dated for far too long. Um, So fast forward to 23, and I am just waking up dead and looking for things that make me alive. And... um, just spending a lot of time thinking about myself, having really shallow relationships with people that I would throw away if they upset me or if they just weren't fun anymore. And um, just not creating a lot of value for myself or for anything I was involved in. Um, So I'm a massage therapist and I'm working on all these clients because I'm a massage therapist and something just starts happening where these people start inviting me to church with them and i'm like that's really cute for you but i'm gonna stay where i am um because this is fun and this is what i want to keep doing and um things just started getting really out of control with how i was spending my weekend and by the grace of god i never went so far that something terrible happened to me i mean just a DUI, or hitting someone driving so wasted that I can't I can't even remember driving home. Um, one time, short story, um, I called an Uber driver to get from somewhere back to my car, and he thought I was so intoxicated, he followed me home to make sure I got there. Um, but just wasting my life. And so client after client inviting me to church, talking about God not very interested. And then one day this girl just, um, I meet her and she's my client, so she's laying on my table and she just starts talking to me about her life and asking me questions about my life and she asked me if I love Jesus. And I was like, "Me? Eh, I've heard of him. And um, she just, she didn't pry anymore, but she did invite me to her small group. And I was like, well, I don't really go to a church. I don't know if I'd go to a small group. And she um, she was like, well, there's boys in the small group. And I was like, so if Jesus couldn't get me there, definitely boys could, got it. But God softened my heart or maybe the boys. And so I went and the study was on tithing or like the gift of generosity, which meant nothing to me. It was like Latin. And so I'm just sitting there with all these people, but I just keep going back. And um, I don't know if it was just how attractive what they had was, but I wanted it. And so slowly I started like, just pulling back from the world and getting closer to these people. And, um, and as I was doing that, um, started to be more moralistic and more legalistic and realizing like, I can't do these certain things. But um, as everyone sometimes does, whenever you start your walk with Jesus, you backslide. And I did. And um, something was different this time. So I was so like guilt-stricken over like something I've done lots of times, and um, like I had to go to a small group, and I had to talk to them about it because I had never felt like this before, and it was conviction. And as I'm like laying on the floor, staring at the ceiling because I can't face these people because I've let them down, um, my best friend Abby comes next to me, uh, this story every time, and starts telling me about what conviction is and how it is god like nudging your heart because he loves you more than what he's going to let you do um and man i was just all in after that like god had never been explained to me in a way that he was after my best interest or he loved me more than anything i had done because i had done so much and um i was just all in so god being super great pulls me out of that town moves me to greenville which i'd never been to puts me at Brookwood and starts putting me in all these small groups with all these people. And um, out of that, I've just grown to love him and know him in a way that I've never thought I was capable of or that someone that I can't even see could be so real and um, just a hunger for who he is and his word and the things that he's done. I mean, to be blind and then see like everything was more beautiful and everything just tastes better and like the the life that I am alive now is so much better than anything I could have pretended to have in that old life. So that's all.
0: Sarah got me tearing up up here in the front row. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Our next person that's coming to stage you may not know super well. Uh, this is Isaiah, also known as Zay. He is interning here at Brookwood, and so he's going to come and share his story. Y'all, give it up for Zay.
4: Hey. So, before I share my story about Jesus, I want to share a little short story before that, and it happened in K five, and. I was the second shortest kid in my class and we were doing this play and it was a really weird play. They had all the girls up in the choir, like behind the stage. And they had this huge mattress on stage and all the kids, all the boys laid on it, and they had the shortest guy at the end. But the shortest kid, his name was Malik, he didn't want to be the last one, so they swapped with me. And the the girls in the choir they, they started and they sang this little song. They were like there were how many of our kids in the bed and the little one said roll over roll over and they all rolled over and one fell out and then that kid would go join the choir and they kept doing that and then i had the line at the end ah alone at last and that sticks with me because that was an important event when i was a little kid and i don't know what the date was or or you know was it this year or that year but um i remember it because it stuck out to me because it was special And in the same way I remember it was later that year is when I was at church, and I heard a message from the pastor there. It wasn't anybody special um, coming from out of town or anything, but the, the pastor there was talking about heaven and how wonderful it was. And I was piqued. My My interest was was curious, and I was like, well, I want to know more about that. So when I got home after church that night, uh, I was just sitting there talking to my dad, and he was telling me you know, about how... There is, you know, there's two places you go, you can go after you die. And heaven obviously is this wonderful place. You get to be with God and get to see him in all his glory. Or if you don't have a relationship with him and with Jesus, then you go to a place of eternal separation and pain. Um, and so he, he walked me through all these different scriptures about how I had to know who I was and how I could never get to heaven on my own. I need, needed Jesus. And so right there in my living room with my dad, I prayed and accepted Jesus. And, you know, I'm a five and five or six year old kid at the time. And so not probably a ton in my life changed at that point. But salvation, yes, there's a starting point to your story, but your story keeps going. So it, it's about what comes after that as well. If you're not growing, and the Bible talks about this in James, if there's no fruit, then you probably weren't saved. Even if you remember the exact date and time and the prayer you prayed, salvation happens at a point, but it's, it's ongoing. What happens after that? God is redeeming you. He's making you more like his son. And so in high school and um, at, at that time, there was a lot of I wanted to be accepted by people. And so um, one thing I did was I had this uh, false humility. I would always put myself down. And other people are like, oh, no, 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 you're better than that. And someone told me, um, I can't remember who said this, but humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And so it's not, oh, I'm, I'm not as good as, you know, people think I am or something like that. But it's more, I'm thinking about other people all the time. I'm not just always focused on myself. like she was talking about. Um, and so I think that was something that, even as a little kid, I could see as I was growing, that was something that I had to learn, is that my story is about Jesus and about sharing that love that he's given to me with others, instead of always just thinking about myself. Like the world says, oh, love yourself more. <laughs> the Proverbs says, everybody loves themselves. And sometimes we put ourselves down um, just because we don't think we're worthy, or we think other people won't think we're worthy. But if we focus on Christ and if we focus on the love he has for us and that, the joy that comes from sharing that with others, I think that is, that is something that has been a huge lesson that God has taught me through my journey.
0: Appreciate it, Zay. Appreciate it. All right, we've got one more. He's going to start on this way. Probably everybody here knows Mr. Gary. Yeah, y'all can clap it up. I'm going to stop and say, Mr. Gary is a sage in my life. I tell him that all the time. He, he has a lot of wisdom, and I learned from him, and I'm excited for him to kind of to back clean up for us and, and wrap it up tonight.
5: Thank you, Pastor Kevin. I appreciate that. Crave, my name is Gary Fisher. I prefer to go by Mr. Gary, whatever you want to call me. It's fine. Uh, I want to start out with a, a verse from Deuteronomy. And it says, I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. And there's a reason I tell you this particular verse, and that is that my grandfather was angry, my father was angry, and I was visited with anger. Okay, I can relate with Mr. David. There's probably a lot of you that, you know, may be able to relate with that. The thing is, is that um, when I was you guys' age in high school, I was very angry, all right? That's a a sad place to be. My dad was angry, and then when he get angry with me, he would beat me, okay? And so the, the sad part about that is, is he beat me. I rebelled more, and I got more angry. And it's a downward spiral. And I didn't know that. I didn't see that. I'm aware of it now. But it was then. And so I barely finished the 10th grade. You know, I, I, I did more or less. Uh, basically, when I tried to start the 11th grade, I was trying to be a hippie. And I don't know if you all know what a hippie is, but I, I was trying to do that. So yeah, yeah, that was a that was big deal. So we moved from, in, in this time in high school, we moved from Idaho to Ohio. Right? so I tried to start the 11th grade in Ohio. Well, interestingly enough, long hair, leather jacket, friends, you know, all the hippie accoutrements, um, I got registered to a school that was called Marlington High School, and they were full of farmers. We called them goat ropers or, you know, whatever, you know, Future Farmers of America, you know. It's like, so a hippie did not get along with that culture. Okay, it just it just was clashing. And it didn't take me about two weeks in school, and I got in a big fight. Okay, now here's a kid, doesn't care, he's full of anger, and someone wants to go. I'm like, let's go. Well, we did, and I got suspended. You know, stuff happens. Well, uh, my mom had to come get me. You know, my dad, um, well, he didn't touch me at this point, but basically, he told me Sunday night, he says, cut your hair, because it was getting significant and uh go back to school or get out and i'm like okay so i thought about it didn't say anything to anybody didn't say my mom or my dad anything so i he went to work in the morning monday morning and i got up found an old boy scout backpack filled it full of clothes and stuff that i could take and i hitchhiked to florida so here i left ohio and i was what 17 maybe 18 something right i think i was still 17 and i hitchhiked to florida from ohio all right my brother told me one time, he said, if you're going to be a bum, be a bum where it's warm, okay? <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, there's, there's truth in that. I will tell you, there is truth. So anyway, so I got down to, uh, I, I was in Orlando. So as I was wandering around Orlando, uh, I had gone downtown for some, I lived out in the country in a little town called Lockhart. And it was several miles out of Orlando, and so uh, I was hitchhiking home, and these kids saw me, and they stopped and picked me up. High school kids, just like y'all, okay? Just like y'all. And they said, we'll give you a ride home, but you're going to have to stay with us for a while until we decide to go back that direction, because they lived really almost, you know, near where I was at, or where I was going. And I said, okay. So what they did was, is they took me with them, and we went downtown around Lake Eola, right downtown Orlando, and they were witnessing to people, the homeless people down there. I'm homeless. The the thing is, is they didn't witness to me directly, okay? It was witnessing by association. I was just hanging with them, you know, because I was, I mean, listen, honestly, I wanted to ride home. I didn't want to have to walk eight miles, you know? That's a tough walk. Anyway, so we, uh, hung around downtown for two or three hours and they witnessed all these people and, you know, so they finally carried me home. They were true to their word. We got home. Uh, so I'm living homeless in a, in the a back of an orange grove. And uh, so I was laying down and Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart, okay? I don't know how to tell you that happens, but Holy Spirit just says, boom. And so that night, late at night, I gave my heart to Jesus. I asked him to forgive my sins and uh, come into my heart and live. I didn't do a lot good. After that, uh, you know, I, I can relate to all these people that are, that are testifying tonight. Every one of them, I'm like, I've been there. I've done that. I've seen that, you know. So it's amazing that we're all here and we're, we're telling you different stories from different people. But they're so alike. We all have these things, okay. Anyway, so... Um, that's just about it. Anyway, so that I asked Jesus into my heart somewhere around April, 1971. Okay. Um, I will tell you one, one thing. Two, well, actually, two more things. The, the verse I read at the beginning of the, the sins of the father being visited onto the sons and the sons' sons. Okay. There's a, there's a victory in that that Janet and I uh, performed with our pastor uh, after we uh, had gotten married. And uh, we had a little ceremony, and we broke the chains of bondage for my generational sins that have been passed on to me. And I want to encourage any and every one of you come talk to me if you ever have a doubt or question or how to do it or whatever and we will work it out. But the point is we had a little ceremony and we broke the curse of the fathers, my grandfather and my father of this anger. Did I still have to work on anger? Absolutely. I have a blessed wife that, that has put up with more nonsense than anyone should have ever had to do. All right, and I thank God, you know, for her every day. You know, she loves me, and she still, you know, helps me in, in things. But the point I want to encourage you is, is that you know, if you find yourself in that situation or that that environment, there's a hope for you. You can break those curses. God loves us, okay? He can do that. And then here's the last thing I want I want to read to you. I'm going to close in a, in a scripture. It's Romans 10:15, and it's not the whole scripture, but it's. And how can you preach unless you are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And the reason I say that to you is these little high school kids that pick me up and I'm homeless and desperate or whatever I was, whatever condition, and they witness to these other peoples in secondary it, it affected me. And I want to encourage you that you can do that too. You can talk to a friend or someone that you see is hurting and someone else sitting next to them may be hearing you and you don't know that. And so I would encourage you, don't be afraid to share Jesus. Don't be afraid to share your testimony. You know, it's, it's, you don't know who it's going to affect. I'm one of those results. I mean, I was, you know, like, they didn't preach to me directly, but I sure heard it. Holy Spirit got to here, okay? I'd just like to pray with you. May I pray, please? Okay, Lord, we just come together tonight. We ask you, Lord, to bless all these young people and just to encourage them to be able to share the life of Jesus Christ and how it impacts their lives and to move in the situations that they find themselves uh, in, in daily activities. We just ask you, Lord, just to be with them, bless them, and encourage them. And I will tell you, there's a revival coming to the high schools in America, and I want you all to be a part of it, and I want you to just scream out the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: I hope that you heard some of where you have been and some of where those people have been. And I, I tell you, go talk to them tonight. Just say, hey, that was encouraging to me. Hey, I've been there. Hey, that was helpful to me. You're going to go to small groups now, and you may be sitting there going, I don't have a story about meeting Jesus while homeless in an, in an orange vineyard or orange grove, which is it's awesome. And I, I wasn't saved out of something crazy or wild. Like, I can't. You can You can. Your story is your story. It's it's who you were. It's how Jesus has transformed your life. So I encourage you share that tonight in small group. Even if you have to, uh, Sarah talked about laying on the floor, not even being able to look at people. Maybe you just got to sit there with your eyes closed and kind of hunched over. But share that story. Tonight's a great chance to practice. And if you don't know Jesus, if you're sitting here and if after all of that you're like, man, I I do want some of what they're talking about. Ask those questions tonight. This is a safe enough place you can say, hey, I'm not following Jesus, but I'm interested in what you guys are talking about. Talk to your small group leader. Come talk to one of us on staff. We're here for you. I'll pray quickly and we'll go. God, bless our time together. Give courage and clarity as we speak our story, which is ultimately your story. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen.